We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And now New Galaxy Broadcasting presents Inalienable and Free, Voice of the Coalition, a program addressing the grave challenges to human and citizen rights in America and the rest of the world. How can we, the people of Earth, take back the power and privileges granted to us by God and address so significantly in the Declaration of Independence? Our rights are inalienable, that is, given by God and incapable of being taken away from or given by another. These rights are the basis of liberty, the foundation of all life and happiness. The Coalition of Planetary Empowerment is an organization designed to give its members tools and information to empower them personally, in relationships, and in business and employment, but also to give them a voice and the ability to help transform political and corporate governance to support the true needs and desires of people throughout the world. Inalienable and Free focuses on the need for government and corporate business interests to be responsive to the will and desire of their constituents and consumer shareholders. This is Johnny Blue Star back on Inalienable and Free, Voice of the Coalition. Coalition is a organization we're trying to put together to empower people both individually and collectively. And part of that empowerment is to create a social network infrastructure where people can actually discuss issues regarding civil and human rights and formulate issues and debate them and then collectively form initiatives for changes in policy that they can present to elected officials or to government agencies and also to campaign for people whose views are consistent with our understanding of human and citizen rights. And today we have somebody who is definitely on the side of fighting for human and citizen rights, Rich Presida, who has a blog, he's got a podcast, and he's uh, basically... um, what you call a progressive Christian. And he is trying to transform somehow a a lot of the church's message so that they conform more to the part of the Bible that that more or less is in the interest of helping people, charity, kindness, addressing people who are sick, who are poor, uh, sort of a, a message that has always been around in some fashion, but um, right now is really under attack. Is that correct, Rich? Well, yes, and I, I would add social justice. justice social justice, that's really... It's, yeah, it's huge in the Bible. There's like 3,000 mentions of justice in Scripture. It's such a huge theme in the Bible that the fundamentalists have missed. And that comes out of the fundamentalist modernist split. When the modernists started to move towards social justice with the social gospel and the fundamentalists completely rejected that and went the other way to sort of orthodox doctrines and while the modernists won initially eventually the fundamentalists won the war they became evangelicals but we still have a mainline tradition and we need to get back to that social justice modern theology and so pursuing justice so i'm calling for a reunification of the church around the themes of justice and charity rather than around doctrines which i think have been quite divisive i certainly think that when you look at in the gospels and you see the actions of jesus it's the actions 
are certainly more in the oriented of social justice than they are in the manner of doctrine, which comes a little bit later, more in the letters, I would say. Right. He was executed by the empire, by the rulers of that world for the crime of sedition. He was an activist when he marched into the Jerusalem on a donkey. And that was all symbolism. That was a demonstration while the Roman emperor with all his parade and horses and chariots were coming through the other end at the other end of the city he was marching in with the people on a donkey that's a really good point that's really interesting yes uh well we're going to go into a little bit i hope now uh sort of some of the grounds for impeachment in which i think a lot of them are related to social justice yes i i think democracy and self-rule if we look back at scripture what the jews were seeking or the israelites were seeking were self-determination and this process of democracy we had terrible authoritarianism we still have terrible authoritarians and now armed with nuclear weapons yeah but it but democracy came up through the enlightenment and is a child of the enlightenment and i don't think we can go backwards and we have a lot of people who are discrediting our democratic institution and it's one of the goals of those who are interfering in us to get us to devalue our democratic institutions and what we need to do now instead of doing that we need to do the opposite we need to fight to defend our democracy and our democratic institutions and also to continue to fighting for democracy and perfecting our democracy and making sure our nation respects the democracies of other countries as well and so it's so that's a a central value that we need to be concerned about when we talk about having a president who is above the law i don't we can't have a president who gets away with crimes and at the same time preserve our democratic institutions we can't reasonably expect that so this is really a fight for our democratic institutions and for our democracy to hold a president uh, accountable rather than allowing him to be a tyrant well, let's or talk, dictator. Let's talk about that for a, a little bit, because you discussed that in one of your blogs. Now, mm-hmm. the reason that you cannot convict the president of a crime is not in the Constitution, and it's not in the law. It's a decree of the Department of Justice. That's maybe true, but impeachment is actually the no, I'm not remedy. talking about impeachment. I was talking now for a second about put, uh, convicting him of a crime. Well, yes, you know, that's uh, true. That's related to our subject. But I'm right. saying we're talking about people being above the law and about impeachment. And actually, they have a, a real good case, I think. I mean, there's a real good case about the legitimacy of that particular ruling and, and why people feel so obligated to follow that ruling of the Department of Justice is something that, that baffles me because it's so obvious that in certain cases, conviction is important. But it's the old, the king is the sovereign type yeah. of idea. Yeah, so, we're talking about the, uh, the unitary presidency is like a monarchy. And that's how the founders probably were concerned about it. And I think when I bring up impeachment, that that's the remedy for the president who commits crime. In other words, we may not be able, and there's also talk about, well, we will convict him after he gets out. Well, I've got news for you. If you don't impeach, if you impeach, it's more likely that you're going to be able to convict afterwards because you set a precedent. But if the House of Representatives is unable to, or can't, or afraid to stand up to Donald Trump, we really can't expect the lower courts to do that. 
either. If we really want him to be convicted of a crime after he leaves office, we need to move forward with impeachment now right. in order to set that. And that directly in the Constitution, mm-hmm. where it says that the president is can be impeached and will be subject to criminal penalties after he leaves office. And that's actually in the Constitution. But if we don't impeach, forget about convicting him afterwards. Well, where would you start? What is the most, what do you think is the most single, most serious and provable grounds for impeachment, if there is one? Now, that's a really hard question on as far as most provable. And I would really have to do a, a legal analysis, which I have yet to do to determine that. But I think that the Mueller report is a starting point because that's the report we spent two years working on. That's the report that has come out and showed impeachable offenses. And that's the central theme of both obstruction of justice and some form of conspiracy, not conspiracy, but being willing to promote and encourage foreign espionage and to work with a foreign government it's may not technically be treason but it's treasonous i think those are two important things to begin with not because of the strongest or maybe even the best cases but because that's what we've been doing for two years that's what we're focused on if we can't we should be able to drive that point home and then add on the other things. And I really think like when he was encouraging police officers to rough up. Oh, yes. That was terrible. Yeah, terrible. And then I look at his racist statements, not just as the ramblings of a bigot, but as actual evidence of motive and total incompetence at the border where he took families children from families and couldn't even return them to the right families, now wants to incarcerate them indefinitely. This is demonic in my sense. This is an abuse. <laughs> so you're, gonna, you're going to go all the way now. <laughs> yeah, it's an abuse of it, it power. Is, when we talk about demonic, I don't exactly buy the traditional or yeah. fundamentalist concept of demonic, but I think right. entities like that probably exist in some way, but perhaps not in the same context. In other words, I, I, I think when you go into a really degraded lower world of, of reality, like some of these people apparently are doing with, with their sexual trafficking and the stuff that they're doing there, you are entering into a very evil place. That's been around for a long time, by the way. That's the story of the king of Israel, I'm forgetting his name, executing John the Baptist Herod executing John the Baptist because his daughter danced in front of him and he promised his daughter anything and then couldn't lose face. So he had to chop off John the Baptist's head. So this type of perversion, when people have power, what will they, what will they do? And then the demon, there's a theologian named Walter Wink who described, he was a modernist and didn't believe in the supernatural, but what he felt scripture was talking about when it talked about demons was the the energy or culture of institutions like the garrison demoniac was outside the 10 roman cities the the decapolis it was called and it represented how the powers how the how the domination system affects us personally even in our psyche and working with the mentally ill Often it's trauma that that triggers a mental break. 
and, and triggers things like schizophrenia. So these, these demonics are more like human energies, the energies of collective human activity. And then we can see this. How do people come out and say, march for white supremacy? How does anybody believe that that has any value for this world? There's something they say that these people are just very uncritical, but you have to be really uncritical not to realize that Nazism is not cool and not something that we want to do or white supremacy is wrong. There, there's something that is more bubbling up, that sort of energy of our institutions. And I'd have to say the KKK is an institution too. And it has a, maybe we would call it a demonic ethos. So there's this, and then when people... If the government wants somebody to torture somebody, it can find somebody willing to do it. And that's the Well, well they really found the right person, I guess, to be, you know, to be in charge. Well, let's uh, let's get very concrete here. Okay. How, how would you like to do that? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll do that in a couple of minutes after we take our first break. This is Johnny Blue Star, CEO of New Galaxy Enterprises, a media content development company. Initially, I wanted to be a playwright, but once in college, I fell in love with movies and have been writing my own and for clients for many years. No, I'm not entrenched in Hollywood. But I think if you look at my samples, you can determine if I can capture the drama and power of your idea. I'm up to refining your work to professional quality. I've worked on dramatic films, comedy, science fiction, documentaries, and even musicals. I have several books published now that are the beginning of book and film franchises. To learn more about New Galaxy, see samples of our work, or talk to us about your project, please go to www.NewGalaxyEnterprises.com and fill out the contact form. The following is from West Side Warrior, the memoir of Ray Boylan, a Korean War veteran and crime fighter. He was there fighting in the world's coldest battlefield when the Chinese communists invaded. Desperate squad members ran past our foxhole yelling, Get the hell out of here! There's too many of them! Again, we saw the Chinese soldiers charge again with opium-induced mindlessness, oblivious of our bullets. Again, we heard the bugles and whistles. Climbing out of our foxhole, Bob dropped two hand grenades behind us, and I threw one over my shoulder. Bullets whizzing by our heads, Bob and I became bolts of lightning flashing across the mountainside. Like a hideous film, desperate scenes like this played out on the Tokong Pass for three days. Sometimes I played in the scene. Sometimes I could only watch and wonder if it were real, or if I'd be suddenly jolted out of my trance by an RKO usher saying, Hey, did you kids sneak in here? To acquire this book, Google westsidewarrior.boylan.kindle. Boylan is spelled B-O-Y-L-A-N. That's Westside Warrior, Boylan, Kindle. Can we ever climb that high? Can we ever get there? Patricia Welch certainly does in her bright, exhilarating performance of a place we would all dearly like to be. coming over me There is wonder in most everything I see Not a cloud in the sky Got the sun in my eyes And I won't be surprised if it's a dream Everything I want the world to be Is now coming true especially for me 
here It's because you are here You're the nearest thing to heaven that I've seen I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation And the only explanation I can find Is the love that I've found ever since you've been around Your love's put me at the top of the world Something in the wind has learned my name Telling me that things are not the same In the leaves on the trees And the touch of the breeze There's a pleasing sense of happiness for me There is only one wish on my mind When this day is through I hope that I will find That tomorrow will be just the same for you and me All I need will be mine if you are here I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation And the only explanation I can find Is the love that I've found ever since you've been around Your love's put me at the top of the world I'm on the top of the world Looking down on creation And the only explanation I can find Is the love that I've found Ever since you've been around Your love's put me at the top of the world Your love's put me at the top of the world Your love's put me at the top of the world This is Johnny Blue Star, and we're back with Inalienable and Free Voice of the Coalition with Richard Procida, who is an attorney, but also an advocate for social justice and a progressive Christian trying to get the churches to unite under a banner of social justice. We're talking about the impeachment of Donald Trump, and I, I thought you should have the floor. Well, yeah, I wanted to talk about something that on our last show we sort of ended with, which is whether we should go forward with impeachment regardless of whether Trump is going to be convicted in the Senate. And and that sort of goes to what is the purpose of impeachment. And in my mind, the purpose of impeachment is to hold the president accountable, to defend our democracy, defend our democratic institutions, and defend the Constitution so that we don't have a dictator in office. And when a president violates the law, we can't allow the president to get away with crimes while hundreds of thousands of other people are doing time for lesser crime. So that's the purpose of impeachment. I think it's good news that probably the Senate won't convict. There's some idea that if the Senate fails to convict, it's all going to work against us. But I don't think that's true. I think that's a fear narrative. I think if we go over what Trump has done for the last four years, it could just as well work out bad for him. So for me, it's doing, holding the president accountable to the extent we are able. 
Well, and at think- least it's, it, it isn't the trial, but it is presenting the case. And, and the case will be argued both directions. But I think there's a very strong and evidential amount of stuff that you can bring to the table if you're for the impeachment. I think it will. We need to, in this era of fake news and, and no truth, we need to really sit down and start to get at the truth, start to bring us back to what the reality is about what Trump has done and what he's doing and what the nature of democracy is and why it's important to defend our institutions and our democracy. Let's talk about these grounds because you just brought up something. I'm sorry if I interrupted you. No, that's okay. Go ahead. You were talking about the truth. This isn't necessarily the biggest, but this is one of the first grounds. I consider it to be a ground. You can tell me what you think. Making factually untrue, verifiably, in fact, making verifiably factually untrue accusations and statements to influence public opinion and create synergy for political business and self-aggrandizement and personal purposes. In other words, deliberately misleading the public, Congress, and the press. I think that's, it might be difficult to do, but I think of all the abuses of power, I think that's in in them. Because especially when we talk about inciting violence and inciting police brutality, when he's using his speech to incite crimes. And, and, and he's lying, too. He's lying yes. about, uh, you know, the, all the rapists and uh, and criminals coming over the border. Uh, when he knew perfectly well, that was as maybe some of them were, but it wasn't like Mexican, Mexico was filled with them. And, yes. uh, and, that, and then, you know, the immigration, uh, stopping the airports, remember all that? I mean, all these things he was saying when he was attacking countries that had never had a real terrorist attack come into this country at all. Yeah. Now, the First Amendment is pretty broad on these types of issues. So, when he say, they even protect false statements to some degree, particularly in the political realm. But one thing they do is that public figures, you can attack them with a wide range of false statements. So our Constitution has really protected speech, probably even false speech. It, it protects speech and maybe even false speech. But what it doesn't do, it doesn't say that you can't impeach a person for maybe making 5,000 or 10,000 unfactual statements that influence public opinion. Rampant lying. Yeah, yeah I ram- mean, in other words, I don't think I don't think you can actually defend that that can't be a ground for impeachment. It doesn't have to be a... You doesn't have to be committing a high crime and misdemeanor to do it. Well, it may be a high crime and misdemeanor, manipulating the public, providing false information. We do have some laws. Companies aren't allowed to just send out pro- false information about their products. And the United States government shouldn't be allowed to send out false information about what they're doing. In particular, and we know they've been doing this, though, in foreign countries. And Americans have not been doing their duty and have sort of ignored what's been going on. And that's disturbing to me because I think when we ignore what's going on, when the United States is overthrowing countries in third worlds and we're not, we're just, we ignore it because we benefit from it. And that's not right. And we, the American people need to 
take ownership of that and begin to demand that their country behave properly and promote the democracy rather than destroying it and now putting our own democracy at risk as a result. Well, it's your turn. You come up with one. Okay. So you can get you can get a real legal one if you want. Uh, I'm not so sure. Well, there's so many here and I've been looking at them. You know, he 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 what is that? He Pardon Joe Pyle, who oh yeah <laughs> the political use of the pardon power yes that's a good one yeah and and that to me is an abuse of power and there are so many other abuses powers and I really think that the way he's treating children at the border it's a violation of international law he's not in compliance with court orders he's not in compliance with the orders of the Congress to supply documents on a number of areas of subpoenas so this is just abuse of power in general. And I think that abuse of power at the border is a violation of those children's human rights. Oh, for and, sure. And we cannot tolerate that in a country. And it seems to be, and even if it's just mere total incompetence on his part to start this process, and really he started it as a political move, and then he just ratcheted it up. He's trying to create a symbol at the border to rally his base and everybody against these immigrants. But it, uh, to me, that seems like a pretty strong, because if we can't stop a president from institution um, concentration like camps and imprisoning children, then what can we do? Yeah, that's really true. It's amazing that the American people and Congress have put up with it. And you go to see one of his rallies, you see why the, some of the American people are like that, because they certainly are. They don't care. It, that's really interesting. I think we have an epidemic of narcissism and entitlement that makes people think that they can do these things to other people and not care about it. And it is it is astounding. I never I, I think if my father was alive today, he would be I don't know if he could take it. I mean, you know, the, the things that were done. Anyway, let's let's get back to another another subject here. My turn. OK, great. OK, I want to talk about backing away from the joint comprehensive plan of action with Iran and thereby breaking away from the terms of the agreement. That's terrible, isn't it? Yes, so, it's unbelievable. And, and he, he doesn't even have good reasons for it. It's all very shadowy intelligence. You know, it just it's just not. It's not at all clear. And that and it, that itself set, has set up so many problems. We're lucky Iran has not totally decided to move forward with its nuclear program now that we're out of the agreement. But, but they've, developed, other- they've developed a defense mechanism now that may be very powerful. They, yeah. I, I'm not talking about a, a missile launching system, but they have just brought out their own version being able to shoot down missiles. Wow. Uh, and, and, and it was just kind of based on the Russian, I forget what it's called, the S-100, whatever, uh, that's being lent to Syria by Russia. But I think they th- they claim it's more advanced. This happened yesterday. I mean, I saw the first article on it yesterday. But e- even worse, you see, if you, if you look at the way things are going, like with John Bolton, who's been around to try and get rid of this regime for a long, long time, you see that. The goal is nothing to do with freeing these people from, from this particular government, which I, you know, I'm not going to defend this government. I'm not going to defend Assad either. Right. I mean, I don't know all the details, but what I am defending against is attacking another country for the sake of stripping of it of its resources, either directly or indirectly, and, and destroying people's lives through these 
endless sanctions. And uh, I'm again, this, in other words, this is just part of the plan. This was the first, can we get away with it? And they got away with it. They broke a, a treaty with uh, dozens of other countries, I think dozens, well, many other countries. And now they're putting sanctions on these people. And they're having things that really, these sort of, you know, blowing up certain ships in the Gulf and so forth. It's, it's almost like, is this real? People are asking those questions. Is it really Iran that's doing these things? Who's doing that? Yeah, that I don't know. But, it, but you, you can't really tell. But the point is, it's extremely suspicious because it reminds you of Venezuela and reminds you of Syria. Yeah. It, it's also that Trump may try to go to war to win the election. I'm not sure if that's in the background with all these potential conflicts he's building up. Yeah, major conflicts eh, that could lead to war. And actually, yeah. he's threatened war. He's threatened war. He's threatened nuclear war against Iran and North Korea already. A long time ago, North Korea, now he's his best friend. It's interesting. I, I'm sorry to make this side statement, but, uh, <laughs> you know, who is one of his best friends? Chi, right? Remember? Chi um, is who, his who, good buddy, uh, who, who? The, the head of China. I'm probably, oh, okay. All right. I may be mispronouncing his name. So, so he has a, he got really mad at, uh, Powell, the head of the Fed the other day, and he tweeted, uh, who is the worst enemy? Chairman Powell or, or President Xi? That's what he said. Yeah. And he thinks it's Chairman Powell. <laughs> he thinks it's probably Chairman Powell. But the point is he classified Xi as an enemy. And, um, yeah. that is, yes. uh, that's not a really smart thing to do. It's but, bad, bad enough to have a trade war. Yeah. Yeah, and China's now saying that they're not interested in agreements with the United States because the United States violates and breaks its treaties. So, and so and going back to the going back to this particular treaty that was broken. Yeah, and then one thing that we haven't talked about is this tendency for people to predict the future and the tr and say, well, we. Congress's Senate's not going to convict him, but we really don't know for sure. I and mean, it's possible, particularly if the economy goes into a terrible recession or if we're at war, we really don't know what's going to happen in the future. But even if we were to say it's 99% that they're not going to convict, it's still important to hold the president to account to the extent we are able. We have to take a break. We'll be right back in just a minute and we will continue on with this. Um amazingly complex discussion with so many twists and turns of, of whether or not and how to impeach the President of the United States. My company, New Galaxy Enterprises, is a California corporation specializing in the creation of media and promotional content. We are focused on original, innovative projects that are good for humanity. These projects could be nonfiction books or novels, fictional screenplays or documentary content, websites and website content, commercial advertising content for print, audio or video products on the internet, television or radio, musical scores for advertising, television or film, video, audio editing, etc. We want to promote products and projects that support the environment, encourage a healthy experience in living, developing, nurturing and useful technology and offering platforms for positive, socially constructive entertainment or informative, transformative media. Our experience in creating a variety of products like this is rather vast and we offer client-based and collaborative products, as well as the opportunity of active investors to join us in the creation and promotion of proprietary products, some of which are in latter stages of development. For more information, go to www.newgalaxyenterprises.com 
www.newgalaxyenterprises.com. That's www.newgalaxyenterprises.com. If you're interested in talking to us, just fill out the contact sheet and we will get back with you. Are you confused about so much information on health issues? Do you find it hard to trust the sources of conflicting advice? Try Dr. Rodier's newsletters and blogs based on the latest information published in the best medical and nutritional journals. There's no charge for subscribing. Just log on to hugorodier.com. That's H-U-G-O-R-O-D-I-E-R.com to do so or to download Dr. Rodier's latest publications. Here's a song about another place we sometimes want to be whenever we wander. Here's Back Home by the highly versatile singer, songwriter, composer, musician, and sometimes rap artist, Doc Skinner. Back Home. Takes you back home, my friend. There's a road that takes you back home. There's a road that takes you back home again. I can't wait to make my way back home. There's a road that takes you back home, my friend. There's a road that takes you back home There's a road that takes you back home again I can't wait to make my way back home Time won't stand still Think about living easy Why'd it take so long to grab my hat? Cause I was lonely Still the fire's burning And my feet are aching to roll I can't wait to make my way back home There's a road that takes you back home, my friend There's a road that takes you back home There's a road that takes you back home again I can't wait to make my way back home Takes you back home. There's a road that 
takes you back home again I can't wait to make my way back home We're back on Inalienable and Free, Voice of the Coalition, discussing with Rich Procida the grounds and the problems with the, uh, the impeachment procedures against Donald Trump. Rich? Yes. So I was saying that uh, connected to this idea that we really can't see the future. We can't read Nancy Pelosi's mind either. And so many people are saying, well, Nancy Pelosi has this grand strategy. Well, if she does have a grand strategy to move this country toward impeachment, but she's asking the public to demand it, it doesn't change the equation for us. If she wants us to go move forward with impeachment, if that's her grand plan to remove Donald Trump or to hold him accountable, then we need to get on board and we need to start advocating. We need to get her back in order to have her back to say we need to be able she needs to rely on us. And if she's opposed to impeachment and doesn't want to do it, then we still need to fight. But the main point is that it doesn't change the equation for us. We can't read her mind and we spend far too much time speculating about what Nancy Pelosi's doing or not doing. We need to look at what President Trump has done and the situation and why we need to hold the president accountable. There are other views out there like we're in an election and we need to focus on the election and we don't want to talk about Trump. We want to talk about all our issues. Well, that's kind of like saying, oh, don't worry about Trump. Don't worry about him. He's just let Trump be Trump. Go ahead. Go fight among yourselves. And then <laughs> and then there's this other idea that because it's election season, I don't know if you remember the show called The Producers by Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. It's springtime. It's, it's springtime for somebody. Is that springtime for Hitler in America, in, yeah. in Germany. Right. And that was <laughs> and that was the song. They were trying to create this flop play, but it ended up being a hit. They ended up <laughs> it's one of but, my favorite comedies, I, I yeah, will say. Yeah. And so I came up with a slogan. It's not springtime for Trump in America just because it's election season. So just because we have an election doesn't mean that all of a sudden Trump gets to get away with crimes. And it's this issue, let get him out of office through the election or impeach him is a false question. We need to do both, not either or. And there are plenty of others. We're still going to need to deal with gun violence. We're still going to need to deal with the environment. And we're still going to need to defend our democracy and our democratic institutions and stand up for the Constitution and hold our president accountable. It's not like we have either or, we either do this or we do that. We need to do all these things. And I think one thing that we can definitely do, we're probably not going to be able to get the gun control with Trump in office and the Republicans in the Senate either. But one thing we can do, we can impeach him in the House. We can hold him to account and we can bring this to the American people. And there's new polling out that shows American people still aren't behind it, but they're not too disturbed if it happens either. So I think this idea that it's going to cause us to lose the election is just a fear narrative. And there is a great politician told us that we have only one thing to fear, and that thing is fear itself. And so we don't need to be afraid of Donald Trump, and we don't need to let him get away with crimes either. We can hold him accountable 
and defeat him in the ballot box. And then that also gives us an opportunity to actually prosecute him when he comes out. Because if we don't impeach, there's no court that's going to be able to do that. But if we do impeach, it's set up in the Constitution, says specifically that man, that president could be held accountable for crimes when he gets out of office. And if we want, if we really do want to see him in jail, then we're going to want to impeach him. Well, let's get back to another ground for impeachment, and that is another treaty. Backing away from the treaty to get out of the climate change agreement without support of Congress. That's another treaty that China is probably pointing to for why it doesn't want to enter into treaties with the United States. Yeah. And that's a horrible thing because we know how important the climate is. And this is this whole problem is bizarre in the sense that Trump is represents that part of the population. So if you think of a collective action and the demonic forces, the evil forces that are in the human heart. In other words, if you want to torture somebody to death, if you want to kill somebody, if you want to um, beat somebody up, you know, you can do that. Well, you can join the military, you can be a police officer, you know, you can join the FBI or the CIA. Or if you want to do it vicariously, you can just come out and vote for a man who's willing to do those things. And that seems to be exactly what's happening. Trump says he can shoot somebody and get away with it. <laughs> right. And, and he can because that's what's in the hearts. And I don't like to use the word deplorables, but that's what's coming up collectively through the in the hearts of, of Americans. Enough to get him into office. How about another ground for impeachment? Well, you know, persecuting political opponents, and this is one point I want to bring up, because there are actual negative impacts to failing to impeach the president. And one is, is that when he when he gets away, he's going to get to say, oh, it's the Mueller report was a witch hunt. It all came to nothing. Uh, we and and so he's going to begin after he does that. He may win the next election because, hey, we've essentially acquitted him by not holding him accountable. But if he does that, he's going to start investigating the investigators and investigating public employees for doing their job is a direct insult to our democracy. But he's already doing that. I mean, yeah, and he's already bars already. I mean, just as an, a, another digression, why on earth would the Democrats vote for him? I mean, Barr already said what he was going to do. I mean, why would they suddenly not believe, say, oh, he didn't really mean it when he wrote the letter defining his idea, which is sort of of the unitary presidency? I think we need to take it seriously. I think when these people say things, they actually mean it. And somehow we get in our minds, we, we get confused. And I think sometimes there's the media plays into that. We get, like It's just like the thing with the president has not exonerated and we sort of just, they sort of just gloss over our eyes. We don't see it. I think there's sort of deep manipulation going on on the left and also on the right, but it's more unifying, whereas on the left, it's more divisive. So I'm not sure if that answered your question or not. Well, just getting back, that climate change is, a, I think, a, a very serious thing. And if I were to uh, ever get the coalition on its feet, there would be several several things where I would want to do an independent investigation because there's so much clutter out there. And uh, because the uh, the idea of the coalition is to, sh to shape legislation in a very clear 
and um, definitive way for the sake of the people, not for the sake of some kind of group, corporation. Here's another one. I'll see what you think about this. Aiding, supporting, and allying with groups directly or indirectly tied to Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Huh, well, I haven't actually heard that one yet. It's a, it's a big one. Yeah. Well, we've been supporting certain groups that are trying to overthrow Assad in Syria that are basically our enemies. I mean, yeah. it's, it's much more profound than that. That's only the beginning of it. That goes back a long time, actually. Yeah. That type of behavior. Yeah. I believe Tulsi uh, Gabbard had a bill to forbid Congress from supporting our enemies. That's just for supporting terrorists. But we've been doing that all along, supporting drug dealers. That was at Manuel Noriega, right? In yeah. El Salvador and Panama. You yeah. know, and then we arrest them later. But I mean, well, you know, was, I mean, the, 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 one of the most dramatic uh, examples was, uh, was in Iran, was in um, Iran and Persia, where we overthrew the first democratic government and then put in the Shah. That was, ter yeah, that was, a, and so now what do we have? We have a problem with uh, Iran and have we helped those people? No, we totally hurt them and in more ways than one. And it's all our fault, all our fault. And it, when we come to see that, if the American people can ever come to see that, but they're blissfully unaware. And so we really need to make them aware about this type of behavior and the negative implications. And if we just keep doing it, that's the recipe for collapse of an empire. Well, we are doing it. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. The number of military bases, the number of countries that are being sanctioned, uh, it's dozens of countries. It's not just Venezuela and Iran. There are other, well, of course, it's Russia, you know, but there's right. other countries. So let's go on to another one. This is something you mentioned sort of before. Talking loosely and threatening other nations directly like North Korea and Iran with nuclear war, wars that could conceivably destroy most of the population of our planet and the planet themselves. Remember, you were talking about nuclear war as a possibility. Yes. And so, so I mean, never, even as horrible as Nagasaki and Hiroshima were, and I consider them to be horrible forms of genocide, no president has really as directly just talked about it. Like at one point, he, he said, we should have a nuclear arsenal 10 times the size of ours. You know, he didn't even understand what a nuclear arsenal can do, what one bomb can do, which is maybe, you know, dozens of times the power of Nagasaki. So, uh, yeah, it's terribly scary. And a lot of the administration officials, high-ranking officials that have been involved in foreign affairs have sort of signaled that Trump doesn't have the capacity to make informed decisions in the event of a military crisis. He doesn't really understand what's going. And then his actions could spark confrontation due from a misunderstanding or miscalculation, a tweet about North Korea. And one of the things that I look at, here he, this man goes to North Korea and he acts like he's got this agreement and it's all a sham. And then he walks away, there's no agreement. And now North Korea is doing nuclear tests. It seems like just to read. I, I don't know. I don't think that they're doing nuclear tests. I think I may be wrong, uh, but well, I thought they were firing nuclear missiles that might have be. They might have developed mini nuclear warheads, but it isn't clear that they've done that, is it? Yeah, you're, no, you're probably right. We're at the end of our particular program here, okay. and uh, 
we'll we'll continue this conversation. Anyway, um, th- thank you, Rich. Do you want to say something about your uh, contact information? Yeah, I'm at Bible Study for Progressives is my podcast. Modernlectionaries.blogspot is my blog. Um, I write for on religion and politics for LAProgressive.com. We're doing an impeachment rally in Fullerton on September 6, 10 o'clock in the morning on Harbor Boulevard at Gilsus and Eros' district office, demanding him to, that he support an opening an impeachment inquiry. And I'm with By the People, um, and I have a Facebook page called By the People LACOC, and it's also a group, so join the group. And uh, just keep in contact me. Google my name, Rich Proceda, and we'll let you keep you informed on all these issues. Well, thanks for coming, Rich, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. The Coalition is a unique project designed to empower its members both individually and collectively. Besides individual empowerment, its broader focus is on the restoration, protection, and enhancement of citizen and human rights throughout the world through the aid of its members. As this project is centered in the United States, our first task is to create a website and social network infrastructure to promote collective efforts to take back our rightful control as citizens over our government as designed by our founding fathers. Although we must begin with the social network restricted to United States citizens, the organization will also host a global dialogue for the discussion of human rights by citizens of democratic nations throughout the world. If you're interested, please check us out in the GoFundMe.com website, entering in the search field, The Coalition for Planetary Empowerment. That is, go to GoFundMe.com and enter in the search field, The Coalition for Planetary Empowerment. This is Johnny Blue Star, host of Inalienable and Free, the Voice of the Coalition, a program devoted to the development of the Coalition for Planetary Empowerment. The Coalition is a unique project designed to empower its members both individually and collectively. Besides individual empowerment, its broader focus is on the restoration, protection, and enhancement of citizen and human rights throughout the world through the aid of its members. As this project is centered in the United States, Our first task is to create a website and social network infrastructure to promote collective efforts to take back our rightful control as citizens over our government as designed by our founding fathers. Although we must begin with the social network restricted to United States citizens, the organization will also host a global dialogue for the discussion of human rights by citizens of democratic nations throughout the world. If you're interested, please check us out in the GoFundMe.com website, entering in the search field, The Coalition for Planetary Empowerment. That is, go to GoFundMe.com and enter in the search field, The Coalition for Planetary Empowerment. And now we go out with another intriguing song by the sometimes very political, very spiritual, but always exciting, Lightstorm. Remember what God told Moses to call him? How could Moses, when telling people who sent him, not think to himself, why, I must be a part of that. The 
destruction I am Without and within the silence of all I am Reposing in bliss while dancing as light I am The great imposter, the seed of illusion I am The first breath of life, the pure sound of all I am The wave and the foam of this cosmic ocean I am
Yet always the same I am 